Welcome, Terrorizers. Welcome back to episode three of Terrorize You to the Core podcast. I know you're probably thinking, like, wow, they're really blowing these episodes out of the park. But this is Joe's story. Joe's story began in episode two. And now I'm going to continue it in episode three. As we were talking uh, with Joe, Joe mentioned how famous people and musicians that he looks up to and listens to committed suicide and how his thoughts were wow they're free i know many of you would think what what is he talking about but this is things that people actually face people with suicidal thoughts and people with bipolar disorder people with severe depression face every day and joe is brave enough to share his story with us so i hope you stick around to listen to the rest of his story for episode three. Here's the continuation of Joe's story. previous marriage. Joe is 35 and he has two daughters and they are absolutely beautiful girls and they are hilarious when he shares posts of them on Facebook. I mean these kids crack me up when I see the post. So these two beautiful children are one of the reasons Joe keeps going and this is how he keeps going. He's gonna explain. Like a, like a head cold or something like that, some real bad sinuses and all that. 
was a pharmacy tech at Walgreens. And she said, like, I was living with my friend. I lived in a lot of different places, you know, friends, family, I lived everywhere. Um, and she brought me this cough syrup, and it was codeine cough syrup. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I felt normal. I did. 
that Travis came along. Uh, he was one of multiple people that passed away. But Travis, we, we clicked on a lot of levels. He was a really cool kid, still young. He had a disability, he had half an arm. You know, regular arm, I think the left, and then the right was like cut off at the elbow or something. And uh, his DOC, your drug of choice, was heroin. And it's just, yeah, he got his first government check. This is awesome. So I'm going to flip this tape over right now, and then you can hear the rest of his story. cousin with her um, mental illness correlating to things that she's seen and she wound up in the mental hospital for it because she didn't understand what was going on and Joe really connected with that so this is what he said diagnosed with any type of um, bipolar or other things mentally going on are linked to paranormal activity I think anything is possible, especially with medications, because it's crazy that they only take them like half the year or something. Yeah. Just really fucked up, because for mm-hmm. bottom line, any medication, look at the side effects. Mm-hmm. There's like five pages of side effects. Like, I always joke about it, like, call your doctor if you experience death. Like, <laughs> yeah. shit like that, you know? <laughs> but... Yeah, I think there's a strong connection because, you know, when you're, when you take any 
anything, it's mind altering. It's mm -hmm. alternating your mind, it's altering it into another space. And um, some medications I was on, like especially antidepressants, some of them, yeah, I'd experience more anxiety or I would have more suicidal thoughts or shit like that, you know. So it's hard to depict, you know, yeah. with that. But yeah, it's definitely there's a huge connection. Now, we're discussing how some people work in professions that their doctors prescribe them antidepressants during their work period, and then they're off of it when they're not at work. And Joe was boggled by this because he's like, wait, this is like a mind-altering drug. And the side effects of it, of being off and being back on, can have a detrimental effect on somebody. And they can experience different types of things, like he said, call your doctor if you're experiencing death. So this is an interesting... We started discussing like, Robin Williams. You know, impressions and making mm -hmm. you laugh and all that, and then when we were like, holy oh, shit, you mm -hmm. yourself, you know? Yeah. I'm like, damn. Like, where did that come from, you know? But he always had quotes mm -hmm. about mental health and all that stuff. And yeah. I think mental health is even stronger nowadays because, you know, the foods, you know, I mean, how much stuff are they putting in the foods? It's like, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not vegan or anything mm -hmm. like that, but I see all sides of the story. <laughs> did and you know that he died the same way he did in one of his movies, that his, uh, the kid who played his son, um, <laughs> was doing one of those acts with the, the belt and everything and hanging to see how long he could do it. In one of his movies, the kid who played his son died that way. Really? Yeah. Damn. And nobody mentioned it. No one mentioned it that in one of the films, that's how his son had passed away. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I forgot. It was, I think it's called Dad of the Year or something like that. Did you I'll find it and I'll year? message it to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, oh, I don't know. suicide is the easiest way out. Mm -hmm. It's also a very selfish way. It's also very, you leave a lot behind. You leave, you know, people hurting and you hurt a lot of people. Anger is mm -hmm. a big one. Um, but nowadays, I really feel that it's just, I think mental health needs to be addressed a lot more instead of just being a push off, like, you know, well, just give him or her, you know, these meds or whatever. It's like, it's not always about that. Like, mm -hmm. you need to have a voice, you need to have some sort of stance with it and saying, I'm not going to deal with this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to fight every day. And it's. Like, for me, you know, I got the green ribbon a while ago, and that was, like, I did it on my hand because every time I'm working or doing something, or, like, it's just there, you know, and every day is, is a fight. But I just, I really think it's just under, it's just not, <laughs> it's not looked at like it should. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it, it stays with you your entire life. And, you know, look at, look at cancer mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, it's looked at so huge, mm -hmm. but, you know, addiction or mental health, it's like, it's, mm -hmm. no, you can just, you know, it's not an illness, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's an illness, man. When you know? I worked at the jail, we had 90% of the population is in there because they're not medicated. And I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. When, 
time it came in. Now, we were discussing about how people in jails are, a lot of them have mental illness. And it's not the resolution. They should not be in there. They should be getting the help that they need. I feel it's where I'm supposed to be, you know, because mm-hmm. all these people. 
bitch, it seems like their parents are just like, get out of here, and, yeah. you know, and they're curled up on a ball. Like, I come in in the morning, if it's 7 or 8 in the morning, and I come in, walk into my office, and they're just, like, multiple patients. I mean, kids, like, 17, 16, and they're curled up in a ball, crying. A lot of them, I've, you know, I had to patch walls because they put their heads through the fucking wall, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's, it should be addressed way more than it is. Yeah. It really should, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know how it would, I would even start with that, but I like to deal with the homeless because everyone's got a story, mm-hmm. and, you know, I believe everyone should be hurt. Yeah. You know, so. It's awesome what you do, too. Thank you. (laughs) I do like a molecule of Mm -hmm. what the world Mm -hmm. is, but it's, you gotta try, you know, you gotta try, and in Salvation Army, oh man, that was hard 16 months, that was Mm -hmm. very hard, a lot of crying, a lot of, one of the hardest things I did, I've never been asked to do this in my life, but it was amazing, it was genius, my counselor at the time, Michelle, she said, she, I had my session with her, and there was two chairs, they were facing each other in the room. I sat in the chair, and the other one was directly across from me, and she sat in her chair and said, that's your 10-year-old self. Talk to him. Tell him what to expect. Tell him anything you want to tell him. And before I knew it, it was like probably 45 minutes. Of straight talking to this 10 year old little Joey, and I lost it. I lost it. I started, I told him, People are going to judge you, people are going to not get you, they're not going to understand why you are the way you are, why you're hyper, or you're just freaking nuts. <laughs> but you are a good kid, you're a good person. Something I never really heard. Or maybe I just didn't want to hear it. I don't know. But the things I said, she started crying. And then we were both crying. No one ever asked me to do that. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the most intense things I've ever done. To actually sit across from yourself. And I actually envisioned my 10-year-old self, too. So everything I was saying to him, it was like, it, it, it hurt. It hurt so bad to know that, you know, I'm going to be told that I'm not going to be shit when I grow up. I'm not going to succeed. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just a fucking a loser. That was really hard. That was Joe's story. I hope you take what he said and you learn from it.